This is the To The Point Podcast. Together with our ERISA attorney, we'll explore key Affordable Care Act and trending compliance topics, all in 15 minutes or less. Now here's our host, Sarah Gillespie. Welcome to our To The Point Podcast. This is Sarah Gillespie. I'm the Compliance Director at Lipscomb Pitts Insurance in Memphis, Tennessee. And again, I have with me Stacy Barrow from Marathas Barrow Weatherhead and Lent in Boston, our ERISA attorney. Hey, Stacy. Hi, Sarah. So, Stacy, today I want to talk about non-discrimination testing. So, I know that employers who provide their employees with a choice between cash and certain qualified benefits without tax consequences, so pre-tax, have to do it through a Section 125 plan or a cafeteria plan. And what I want to talk about today is the fact that if you have those, you generally have to pass certain tests that are designed to ensure that the plan does not discriminate in favor of highly compensated employees, which is called non-discrimination testing. So can you explain a little bit more about what this testing is, what it measures, what it's looking for? Uh, Sure. So it's basically, you know, what you said at a very high level, the Internal Revenue Service, um, when you have uh, a cafeteria plan, when you're making pre-tax contributions, um, or when you have a self-insured major medical plan, or a health FSA or the pen and care FSA, um, there are certain non-discrimination rules that apply and they ensure that the company is not discriminating in favor of highly compensated employees with regard to things like eligibility or benefits available under the plan, which include things like premium contributions and waiting periods. Um, So there are various non-discrimination tests that will apply depending on the specific type of plan you're testing. Is it a health FSA? Is it a dependent care FSA? Is it a self-insured major medical plan? Is it a cafeteria plan? All these tests, while they're testing largely for the same thing, they're testing for discrimination, the tests are all performed differently and some of them even have different definitions for who is highly compensated. I'll give you just a quick example. Um, When you're testing for uh, highly compensated employees under a self-insured plan, they generally include the top 25% of employees ranked by compensation. So it's no hard dollar amount that will make you highly compensated. You just have to be in the top 25% of employees. On the other hand, if we're testing, say, a cafeteria plan, generally highly comped employees are those making over 120000 So what would cause a plan to fail? Obviously, if the benefits and the, the contributions were top-heavy, can you give an example? Yeah, so it, there is a, a certain element of good faith when you're developing and designing your benefit plans. Um, But an example of something that would cause a failure, um, pretty straightforward would be, uh, we have a 90 day waiting period for our rank and file employees, but our executive team has no waiting period and they can get right into the plan and start making pre-tax contributions right away. Um, That would basically clearly be discriminatory And what would happen is those members of the executive team, they would lose the ability, (coughs) pardon me, they would lose the ability to pay pre-tax for those 
first three months because the other rank and file employees didn't have the opportunity to enroll. And so if the employer wanted to kind of continue on with that type of, of uh, provision, they would have to um, have the executive team pay after tax until the 90 days had elapsed. That's just one example of a discriminatory setup. So what happens if the plan does fail? So testing is done at the end of the year and the plan fails, then what? If a plan is found to be discriminatory, then the highly compensated employees will generally lose their ability to make a pre-tax contribution. And so any amount that they contributed pre-tax would be included back into income. So say um, the cafeteria plan was discriminatory and the HCEs completely lost their ability to participate and um, the average, well, and say you're, you're, you have an HCE that, that can pay $5,000 pre-tax for his benefits. The $5,000 would come into income and he would get taxed on that $5,000. He, he, in other words, he would lose the ability to contribute pre-tax under Section 125. And I think that's really important to note because I feel like some employers don't find non-discrimination testing to be important or something that they need to do every year. And it really is a problem. If, you're, if your plan is going to fail, all of that has to go back to the employee's taxable income. And so if you don't set it up in the correct way, the employee is taxed on things that you know they, they may have elected for the purpose of uh, escaping the tax. So that's just definitely something to keep in mind. So, um, so how often does it need to be done every year? Are there any exceptions to that, Stacey? Um, yes. I mean, you know, technically the discrimination testing for cafeteria plans should be performed each year as of the last day of the plan year. Um, and again, there's a little element of good faith here. Um, it can come up as part of a payroll audit. The IRS does audit on these things. Um, and so, you know, we do recommend that you do perform regular testing. You know, if you're in a situation where, you know, you have very uh, paternalistic benefit structure, and you have very high participation and everyone has the same benefits at the same cost. Maybe you, you know, get comfortable that you don't test every single year, kind of a very specific thing the employer has to get comfortable with, but you should at least kind of, you know, do a sniff test each year and, and make sure, you know, are, are we at least on our face, on its face, kind of being non-discriminatory? Do we give everybody an equal chance to enroll do they have access to the same benefits at the same contribution levels and the same waiting periods? And if so, then it's it's much more likely the plan is going to be uh, non-discriminatory. There are also some safe harbors that depend on plan design um, that you may you want to avail yourself of. Okay. And in general, what are the risks with not pursuing non-discrimination testing? Um, the risk is that if the plan, you know, if you get audited and the plan is discriminatory, then the HCEs will lose their ability to make pre-tax contributions. And in really extreme cases, if the IRS feels that you've completely kind of 
you know, flouted the rules a little bit, uh, they might bar you from establishing a cafeteria plan in the future for several years. And that would mean that none of your employees can contribute pre-tax. Um, usually the, the penalties are mostly on the highly comped employees. You know, they lose the ability to contribute. Typically, they're not invalidating the cafeteria plan for every uh, participant. Uh, but those, again, are very fact-sensitive uh, situations. Okay. And from what I know and the resources we have, this testing doesn't cost that much. So really, it's it's something that there's no reason to avoid. Um, they do have to gather some of your information and that will take, you know, a few few steps, a little bit of your time. But uh, as far as cost, it's not too cost prohibitive. And generally, it's done by the vendor who created your Section 125 or cafeteria plan. But we have resources that can help with this. If we've talked about anything in this podcast that has left you with further questions, or if you'd like to be connected with Stacy or one of our resources, please contact me at Sarah G, S-A-R-A-H-G at lpinsurance.com. But thanks for joining us in this podcast. If you'd like to explore any other compliance topics with us, please listen to one of our other podcasts. We hope you have a great day. Hey.